Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains, and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome back to With You Every Step. Today, I have, I can say he's probably one of my tribe, one of my good friends who I love working with. He is Troy Larkin and he's an actor and he has been to Hong Kong. So today we are going to talk to you about Hong Kong and Troy's going to because I haven't been to Hong Kong. So Troy's going to give us his information. Welcome, Troy. Thank you, Michelle. It's good to be in the tribe. <laughs> I don't know if I've been in a tribe before. Good You're a, a stepper. There we go. I'm a, I'm a true true stepper now, true blue stepper. Yes. I'm, I'm excited to be on the show today. When did you go to Hong Kong? Hong Kong. I was in Hong Kong for about three months. I lived in Hong Kong. I was working there from uh, December 2015 to February 2016, so over Christmas there, which was fantastic. Ooh, okay. And why were you there? What kind of work were you doing? Uh, so as an actor and uh, teacher, I was employed by an old friend of mine who's actually my old drama teacher and he runs a drama school over in Hong Kong and um, he called me up and a friend of mine and said, hey, if you, would you like to write a couple of plays for kids? You come over, perform them, we'll take them around to schools. And I said, yeah, that sounds great. So my mate and I wrote the two plays just for kids, kids plays. And, and yeah, we took them over there and toured them around schools and had a great time. And, and I'd never been to Hong Kong before. So there was also that opportunity to not only work in a new place I've never been before, but to live there as well over the period of about three months. So that mm. was fantastic. Mm, okay, so you're going to tell us a little bit about Hong Kong and where you went and what you did. Absolutely. I, I had no expectations of Hong Kong. I had no idea. My friend who I, who I wrote the plays with, he'd lived in Hong Kong before doing a similar job. He told me a little bit about it. And my friend who lives in Hong Kong, he told me a bit about it. But really, I sort of had no expectations. I didn't know what was, it was going to be like or anything like that. So I was sort of went with open eyes, open heart just to see what I would experience in Hong Kong on the days that I wasn't working. I think that's a really good way to go anywhere. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Every time I've traveled, it's always like, you know, don't throw any expectations on it. You know, don't, you know, take people's advice, have a listen to what people have to say, but, uh, you know, make your own story, go there and find what you can find. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. I totally agree with that because if you have an expectation, often I think in your mind, you make it to be something that's probably not realistic. Mm. So once you get there, you think, oh, this isn't the fairy tale I had in my mind. Yeah, so true. Yeah. And it was hard too because my friend who'd been there before, he he loved Hong Kong. And I knew that in his heart he wanted me to love Hong Kong as well. So he was really like, oh, and there's this and then there's this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, okay, settle down, settle down. Let me just experience. Let me go there and put my head into it and find it myself. And, yeah. and I because we were there for so long, I got that rare opportunity because often when I'm traveling, I'm in a spot for a short amount of time and you get to see the highlights, you know, go or, or of what people recommend, you know, check this out, check that out. But because I got to live there and work there, I kind of was able to become like a local for a while and see, I think, a few things that maybe people who visit Hong Kong for a short amount of time don't maybe get to see or experience. Mm, And when I put out to my listeners, what are things that you want to know more about? Often the thing is we want to learn about off the beaten track. Yeah. And so that's great if you can tell us those kinds of things because that's what people tend to want. I don't want touristy things. I want to find amazing things that aren't where all the other tourists are. Brilliant. Yeah, well, I definitely found that. I found some things that people I've mentioned and they even local Hong Kong people wouldn't go there because it seems too far away to them or or they didn't know about it. They're like, what? How did you get there? What are you talking about? I'm like, are you crazy? This is amazing. I find that a lot of people go to Hong Kong. It's almost polarized. People go, I love Hong Kong. Where they go, eh, Hong Kong, whatever. It's not really interested. Often because Hong Kong can be a bit of a layover town, like a stopover, like if you're on your way to somewhere else. So sometimes you'll stop in Hong Kong or like, you know, sometimes you'll stop in Singapore. Yeah, I find people don't really get time to explore Hong Kong. I don't really know it. So I was, I felt lucky that I had that opportunity. Mm, so the plays that you put on for the schools, were they in English? Uh, one was in English and the other had no dialogue. 
So it was like for younger kids. It was a lot of pantomime, a lot of music. But the other one was, yeah, all English dialogue. They they specifically requested that. They said, could we have an English dialogue play? And we thought, what can we do it on? And we decided to do a play on the history of entertainment. So we, we started with cavemen and ended up at YouTube. Oh, that's Where, amazing. Yeah, the history of entertainment and how people entertain themselves or, or get entertained, yeah, which is a lot of fun. And they'd had so much like audience interaction so the kids could really get involved and enjoy it and stuff like that. And do you feel that they could understand what was going on? Yeah, English level in Hong Kong is really high. Okay. If you go to Hong Kong and you're worried about, oh, I don't speak Cantonese uh, or Mandarin, fear not because you're going to be in good hands. You know, I didn't speak a word of Cantonese before I went and perfectly fine. Even road signs are in English, you know. It's such an international city. I ha- I was not aware. Okay, I wasn't aware either. Mm. So that's interesting. So the road signs. Yeah, yeah. We're in central Hong Kong. The further you get out in Hong Kong, the less that is the case. But central Hong Kong, it is one of the most international cities I've ever been in, for sure. Mm, that's good to know. Yeah. Did you hire a car at all and drive? No. 90% of the Hong Kong population use public transport. If you own a car, you, you're probably a millionaire. Space is so limited in Hong Kong. It's like if you own a car, that means you own a garage and garage is space and space costs a fortune. Mm. Hong Kong in total is about uh, 1,000 square kilometres and there is about 7.5 million people living in that. And here's the, here's the kicker. 70% of Hong Kong is forest is national park oh i did not know that either wow okay Um, so they're living in a very small area yeah there was a thing someone told me and i don't know if this is true but i would totally believe it maybe on hong kong island because hong kong is made up of some small islands as well on hong kong island if everyone for some reason some catastrophe or whatever had to come out of their house come out of their apartment there's not enough space on the ground Mm. i don't know if that's true but it makes sense because it's so densely populated. And that was one of the most amazing things that really struck me about Hong Kong when I got there was this, it's almost like two worlds, it's crazy. In so many ways, there's this amazing duality in Hong Kong. There's this really densely populated city. It's got the highest amount of skyscrapers of any city in the world, but behind these skyscrapers, taller than these you know, massive buildings are these looming, forest mountains so you've got this city and then this the complete antithesis you've got this beautiful untouched jungle and the city almost sometimes it'll be on one side of the street is this city and on the other side is forest Mm. and it's just so mind-blowing so different so unique it's a very unique city Mm. Mm. interesting on the same line as this duality of this city was where i lived Um, my friend that had been there before he organized our accommodation and I lived on a, on an outlying island of Hong Kong which was a 20 to 25 minute ferry ride. So Hong Kong sort of rests on the Victoria Harbour and you can jump on the ferry and you get to this island and you leave Hong Kong, central Hong Kong, densely populated, you know, that massive city I was talking about and 20 minutes you get on a ferry, you get to Lama Island which I stayed on and it is like you are in another world. The, the densely populated city of Hong Kong does not exist anymore. All of a sudden, you're on this sort of tropical forest island that has no cars whatsoever, only small little, what they call VVs, which are village vehicles that go a million miles an hour through the little tiny streets and bicycles, and that's it. And there's nothing over two stories tall on this island. Living on that island was such a blessing because I, as much as I love a vibrant, busy and bustling city, which Hong Kong is in a lot of areas, it can be pretty overwhelming. And to have that little getaway every night when I came home from work was just amazing. And the ferry, how did you get your ticket for the ferry? Did you need to have like a card or did you just pay? This is one of the most awesome things about Hong Kong is their public transport. As I was saying before, most people take public transport and they have a rail system called the MTR. Now you buy what's called an octopus card or an Oki card, they call it. And this is genius. They should do it everywhere. Your octopus card, you top it up with cash. So Hong Kong dollars, you top it up. You could top it up with $1,000 if you wanted to. And that gets you on the MTR that goes everywhere. 
and they run like clockwork every few minutes, these trains. Plus this octopus card is not just for the train. You can use it to buy stuff everywhere. 7-Eleven, McDonald's, supermarkets. It's like a little card that's full of money you can use to tap anywhere you want to go. Oh, like a little credit card, but with your own money. Yep, on the ferry as well. So you jump on the ferry with your card, jump on the train. You're at the train station. There's a little um, convenience store. You want a snack, bam, you don't even pull your wallet out. You've just got your octopus card. How do you put money on it? So there's little um, machines at every stop and all over the town. Like if you go into 7-Eleven, you just, every single 7-Eleven, and they're everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Every single 7-Eleven, you can top up your octopus card. And it got me everywhere. It's genius. And when you leave Hong Kong, you take your octopus card with you to the airport, give it to them, and they give you the money back and you go home. So when you land in Hong Kong, first thing you do is buy your octopus card. Get off the plane, buy your octopus card because you're not going to catch a cab from the Hong Kong airport. There's no point. You jump straight on that train and it's going to take you right into the middle of town, everywhere you need to go. And the beautiful thing about the MTR is that every station has a different color. So you get out on Causeway Bay and it's blue and you get out on Chim Sao Choi and it's green. And then at the end of the line, they've got a rainbow station. It's fantastic. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Well, that's a good way of being able to tell people where to get off. Yeah. You see a red station, get off there. Yeah, get off at the red station because there's no other one. You know, that's the red station on the main lines, you know. And the train system is so easy to use. Like you think Paris, you think London, this is up there if not better, I reckon. Yeah, Mm. so easy to get around. And you can jump on those ferries as well. Or the bus, depending if they're a local bus. If they're a local bus, you might need some cash. But most buses take the octopus card. I'd be surprised if you took a bus, really. The MTR is so good. Mm. Mm. And it goes all over? Everywhere. Apart from the ferry? Yeah. Oh, then also the MTR goes under the... Under the... um, Water? Under the water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can go everywhere on the MTR. Because Hong Kong is like... There's Hong Kong Island, which is the main island. And then there's the mainland, like the main side called Kowloon side. So you can go between all of those very easily. And where do you suggest people go to when they first get into Hong Kong? First get into Hong Kong, you'll come into Hong Kong Central. So Hong Kong Central's got two like stations. I recommend going straight to the ferry. Jump on a Star Ferry. These are the old ferries that used to run between across Victoria Harbour and they still have them running. And it's like just immediately you're going to jump back in time on this old ferry and you're going to get the big view on the harbour. That's how you want to look at Hong Kong for the first time, I reckon. First time you go to Hong Kong, get out onto Victoria Harbour and then you'll see the scope of it. You'll see those skyscrapers with the mountains behind them and you'll get the idea, go, oh yeah, there's an island and then there's a mainland area and that'll take you across from Hong Kong over to Kowloon side and Chim Sao Choi. A lot of beautiful restaurants and food and stuff like that. But and that was one thing I appreciated living on Lama Island was that ferry ride every day. Every day I'd get on the ferry and I'd come into Victoria Harbour and I'd see Hong Kong side and Kowloon side. And I was like, wow, what a vibrant city. What a such an amazing city it is. So if someone's going there and they're deciding to stay in hostels, should they book maybe one night somewhere when they first get there and then go and try and stay on a few of the different islands? Different areas, yeah. yeah. I always do anyway. When I travel, I like to book at least one or two days when I get somewhere. Just yeah. So I've got somewhere to go. Me too. Try, try staying on Hong Kong Island. Try staying on Kowloon side. Maybe try staying on one of the islands like Lama Island or um, Lantau Island. They're the sort of main, bigger main islands. There's other smaller islands which have got little villages and stuff like that, but they're the main islands. Chungking Mansions is one of the oldest sort of, don't even know how to explain it. It's like a market and a hotel and a hostel and shops and everything all jammed into one. It's been there for years and years and years and years and years. Chungking Mansions is crazy. Like you can you can go shopping there, but you can get lost there as well. It's so huge. And I think don't be taken in by the nice cheap prices. They're cheap for a reason. Yeah, which often can be the way. Because mm. you'll see that, but you're looking up for accommodation, you know, cheap accommodation, Hong Kong. Chunking mansions will pop up straight away and you go, ooh, mansion? Not really a mansion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> but a lovely area. I reckon um, go visit that area for sure around there. Okay. Or, or just duck in and have a look and see what it's like, yeah. Now, my podcast is aimed mainly at women. Sure, of course. Clearly you're not. Uh, not today. <laughs> So how do you think women would go if they were to walk around Hong Kong by themselves 
is there rules that you think they need to be home by a certain time or do you feel like it was quite safe? I never felt unsafe. I could not, in three months, I could not recall a time where I felt unsafe. As, especially as a Westerner, I don't know, maybe that was the thing. I don't know, I never got bugged. Or although near where Chunking Mansions is, um, cause that's on Kowloon side. So you get off the Star Ferry, you're on Kowloon side. That area just there um, is a very touristy area. So you'll get a lot of people pushing um, cheap hand, you know, mock, knock off handbags and stuff like that. That was a bit like, uh, you know, very, not aggressive, but you know how, mm-hmm. you know, when you go to places, they try to sell you stuff. So that was probably the worst thing I ever had. But you are male. So how do yeah. you think women would go? Well, it's, it's hard to say. I, my partner, she, she traveled with us mm-hmm. um, and she was in the shows. She's a fantastic, great actress. And she did traveling by herself. And like two different schools, we'd used to do a little bit of teaching as well. Yeah, she never said that she felt unsafe at any time. Yeah. That's good. Although she had a bad experience in a massage. So be careful when you go for a massage. She felt that the guy was getting a little too handsy on her. Ooh, I try not to go for men if they're going to massage me. I want a woman. I don't want a guy doing it. Yeah. So just be be mindful of that because there's massage joints everywhere. Yeah, so that's probably the only thing that she, negative thing that she really encountered. From what she said to me, she's never didn't feel unsafe. Yeah, you know, we travelled during the day and at night time. Uh, but it's it's like anywhere. Use your use your common sense. Go where you want. Be feel free. But you know, if things you know don't go down dark alleys, I suppose. Mm. You know. Which you wouldn't. I wouldn't do in Melbourne either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do what you do. Do what you do in Melbourne. Hong Kong is kind of like Melbourne in a way, but like times a billion. Okay, so you mentioned earlier about going off the beaten track. Mm-hmm. Tell me, where did you go that was not a tourist location? Surprisingly enough, Hong Kong is some of the best hiking I've ever done. I never thought I'd do hike. I never thought I'd be hiking in Hong Kong. I thought, oh, it's a city, you know what I mean? But as I said, they've got so much forest, so much national park that there are so many beautiful um, hiking places to get to. I recommend doing a hike of the Pinnacle. Pinnacle is this, um, like a little, it's a, it's a mountain, like a mountain top. Um, just look it up when you get there. It's easy enough to find and you can get on a train, take yourself out there everywhere on the train. As I said, the MTR will take you there. Interestingly, the hike up was good. The hike down, we got pretty hairy because we came down to this area after we'd hiked up there and we'd, we come down the other side and we come in the area and, um, saw a monkey. I'm like, wow, monkey in the jungle. This is great. Saw another monkey. I'm like, what kind of monkey? I'm not sure what kind of monkeys they were. Um, little grey monkeys. I can't remember what they said, what type of monkeys they were. How big were they? What's little? Like child size. Like oh, that's infant. not that little. Yeah, I know. Then yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like Oh little, no, not tiny. like little pachuki monkeys, whatever they're called. <laughs> what are those little ones? Manchurian monkey? I don't know I what don't they're know. called. I've just got this vision of this little cute little thing that's like the size of your hand. No, this these were fairly sized monkeys. And I don't have anything against monkeys, <laughs> but as long as the monkeys are on a distance. And I've never seen a monkey in the wild before. Oh, haven't you? I mean, the zoo. I'm like, ah, oh, there's the zoo in, mm. on that side of the fence and I'm on this side. But now there's all these monkeys and they're walking around and they're like... And they're confident, aren't oh they? Oh, my God. And then... We, as we kept walking through this area, this um, national park, they got more and more and more and more until we were like in an area where I'm like, there is at least two or 300 monkeys just hanging out. I was like, are these monkeys cool? And they're like, we don't know. They're just like forest monkeys. And they're like starting to get like coming up close to us and making like hissing noises. And I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. We've got to get out of here. And we started moving through. Did you have your rabies shot? No, I had no shots. This is the thing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get monkey attacked. I'm going to become a monkey. And there's all these signs saying, don't look at the monkeys in the eye. And I'm like, I've been looking at monkeys in the eye. They're going to hunt me down. And there was some terrifying monkey. Like, I don't know what happened to these monkeys. There was a monkey with half a face. He was still alive. He only had half a face. It was like, I was like, that's patient zero. That's where zombies come from. So it was like really... We're laughing, but it was scary at the time. We were confident to begin with, like, oh, yeah, monkeys, monkeys. And as it got on, our little groups would go, there's too many monkeys. We started running, yeah. Yeah, I've had a few encounters with monkeys and different types. Mm. When I was in the Philippines, we were in Palawan, and you go in the underground, underground river, I think it is. I'm not sure. I can't remember what it's called. Mm. And in that section there, all these monkeys come, and they know that, all the tourists have bags with food in food them. Food in them, yeah. And they try and get 
you steal your bag. Mm. They're really cheeky, but they tell you not to try and give them anything because that encourages them. And when I was in Africa, mm. the baboons. Oh, they're oh. like monkeys on soup. They're like super monkeys. They are cheeky as. Yeah. When we were entering into the Serengeti, the entrance is the last place you can find a bathroom. So mm. we all stopped and they need to get your permits to go in. And we went to the toilet. And when we came out, the baboons chased us into our vehicle and we had to pull the door shut behind us and it was like banging on the door. And oh my oh. God. See, this sort of thing that I think about, I was like, we're hiking. I'm like, we're, we're pretty far from anything here. We could get monkeyed. You yeah, know, we totally. get monkeyed up here. You know, yeah. we, I could get attacked. There's more by... of them than there is you. Oh my God. Hundreds, hundreds of monkeys and one with half a face. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I'll never forget that. I, it's burnt into my brain. I'm like, there's a monkey sitting there and he turned around and I went. <gasps> and you, you looked him in the eye? In yeah, his one, one eye? One eye. And, but like the side of his face was like a skeleton. I was like, how did this even happen? What's going on? And I'm like, that's, that was the turning point where I'm like, I don't like the monkeys anymore. I was really cool with the monkeys. And I'm like, no, I don't like the monkeys. That's, if you've ever seen Breaking Bad and if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, I'm going to ruin it for you. But there's a moment when, when the guy gets it, in the explosion, half his face gets blown off. That's what the monkey looked like. It was crazy. <laughs> so did you keep going through we the forest? We had to. We couldn't go back. We had to keep going through till we got to the out. Yeah, then we eventually we got out of there. Oh, okay. So it's a one-way hike. Yeah, yeah. You're heading you in one direction. You didn't have to walk back no, through No, no. We were in, on one direction. And then we saw a giant pig and that was enough for me. I'm like, that's enough for, that's enough for one day. <laughs> that's enough for one day. The pig had yeah, a, yeah. both eyes. Yeah, yeah. Both eyes. But giant tusks, you know, like a male pig is like it wanted to kill me as well. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's get out of here. That's <laughs> enough for this. Yeah. That and sounds I, like a fun experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the outside with monkeys, I did see a monkey drinking a Pepsi. That was great. I don't know if we can advertise on here, but I saw a monkey drinking a Pepsi. I'm like, what is going on? This is a bit heavy for me. Took the lid off? No, I had like a can of Pepsi. He <laughs> was just drinking it like a little dude. Like he, I think he even had like one arm up on a log. He's like, just sipping this. So he's like stolen it from somewhere or something. But the way he was just drinking it was so human. I'm like, holy smokes, these monkeys are... I'm starting to get a bit nervous about monkeys. I can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Getting overwhelmed by the thought of these <laughs> Yeah, if you monkeys. can see Troy right now, he's got sweat dripping yeah, down his face. I'm sweating about the monkeys. <laughs> but that don't let that put you off hiking, please. Don't let that put you off hiking. If you're up for a nice, easy, beautiful hike, go to Llama Island. Get on the ferry. As I said, that's where I was living on Llama Island. Get on the ferry, 25 minutes, and you'll be at Llama Island. There's no cars. Easy hiking on Llama. Beautiful, beautiful hiking. No monkeys there? Didn't know. Not, not on my island, no. Not on your island? No, no, no monkeys on my island. <laughs> no that I know of. No mutated monkeys? No. Now, <laughs> now I've got this vision yeah. of this monkey with half I can't a even, face. I can't, I can't stop you. thinking about it. You can't? I, I have nightmares. Seriously. <laughs> Burnt into my brain. Now, I was, I was there during their winter, so it was a whole really... Nice. The weather wasn't so oppressive, but I have been told that summer can be pretty, pretty full on with the heat. So I don't know about that. I was there. The time I was there, it was one of the coldest winters Hong Kong has ever had. Do they get snow? Usually never in Hong Kong, but in northern Hong Kong, I think there was a bit of snow when we were there and people were freaking out. The coldest day, it was four degrees in the middle of the day and they cancelled school all across Hong Kong. No one went to school because it was too cold to go to school because their schools aren't set up for it. Mm. Their schools are set up for the heat. Mm. They've got air conditioners. They don't got no heaters. I guess that would be like here though. Yeah. Because we've got some heating, but not much. Yeah, so yeah. if we had a really cold day and it snowed in the city here, I'm sure that they, everyone would freak out. Oh yeah. That, that's what the level was. They're like, mm. um, like they're selling heaters on the street. You know, they didn't know what to go. <laughs> they're like, what is going on here? This is way too. And yeah, everyone I was speaking to from Hong Kong, they're like, Ah, freaking out. They're going, hold on. So cold. So cold. I recommend a visit to the Big Buddha. Big Buddha. What is the Big Buddha? It is what it says. It does what it says on the label. You think you've seen a Big Buddha? This is a whopping big one. It's over on... <laughs> you like Big Buddhas? Because, you know, you go to Thailand, you see like the, the big reclining Buddha or, you know, there's Buddhas doing all sorts of things. This is the Big Buddha and it's a beautiful, beautiful trip. A day trip. If you get the chance, it's on Lantau Island. You can take the MTR train right there to the Nongping 360 Sky Rail because you can take a bus up there, right? But 
if it's a clear day, you get yourself one of those magical clear days in Hong Kong. The Nongping 360 Sky Rail is the way to go. You're in this sort of, you know, like one of those Sky Rail gondolas that go up on wires and the view is fantastic. The Big Buddha is on top of a mountain. So you'll get up there to a monastery and you walk through this monastery and you climb up all these stairs to this giant Buddha who's sitting up on top of this mountain and it's just fantastic. Like it's a Do you bit need of, to wear anything in particular to go there? You know how some places have uh, here, restrictions? No, no, no restrictions. There may be some areas where they will ask you to take your shoes off mm-hmm. and definitely areas where there is no photography, but that's all posted around. Okay, so, so there's not... Oh, it was winter, so you would have had a lot of clothes on. Yeah, I had. we had like long sleeve jackets, jackets and yeah. stuff. So in summer... I would probably still recommend covering your shoulders. You might want to take a little shawl or a pashmina yeah. or something just yeah. with you just to be on the safe side. Even if it is a bit touristy, it highly recommended. It is where I was sitting. It's all vegetarian food up there. So if you go up there, oh, there's little areas. So funny. This is Hong Kong. You get to the top of a mountain... And there's a 7-Eleven there. <laughs> really? <laughs> so great. Not like in the Big Buddha, but where you would arrive if you caught a bus up. Is that the arrive. most common chain that you saw was 7-Eleven? Absolutely. McDonald's? And, yeah, McDonald's everywhere. And but mainly 7-Eleven? 7-Eleven everywhere. And it's not like the 7-Eleven you know. No Slurpees? Um, oh, yeah, you get Slurpees, but you can get everything. You can get a whole meal there, a cooked meal. Some 7-Elevens. There's a, there's a dude over there. He's cooking up dim sum for you. He's like, oh, you hungry? Boom. We got fresh oh. dim sum cooked up at 7-Eleven. <laughs> I went to a 7-Eleven. And you can buy obviously buy beer and, and wine at 7-Eleven because it's a different sort of, you know, <laughs> they're not raging alcoholics in Hong Kong. Like Australia. Um, <laughs> Our 7-Eleven does not have alcohol. No, you cannot buy that in Australia. But in Hong Kong, you can buy, <laughs> I saw this, I couldn't believe it. You could buy a bottle of Moe Chandon in 7-Eleven. Right. Was and it 7-Eleven pr- prices? So here, our 7-Eleven is quite expensive to buy things. No, decent prices. You mm. can buy, you could buy their cheapest can of beer would have been 70 cents Australian. Or you can buy a Qingdao beer for, would have been about, I don't know, $3, less than $3 Australian, maybe between $1 and $3 Australian in 7-Eleven. Not high prices. Because they a, don't have a massive drinking culture like we no, have in no, Australia. So absolutely that's not, not a big no. industry. Oh, the industry's there because everyone drinks, but they're not to excess, you know. And you can generally drink on the streets and stuff like that or in parks, but people don't, you know. It's usually expats or something, possibly. Not that I'm one of rubbish expats or anything, but yeah, if you see people out drinking on the street, usually the guilos. What's a guilo? It's what they call the white people. Oh. <laughs> it's what they call the Westerners. What's our name? So everywhere you go, there's a little name. It's it's cheeky and kind of affectionate, but it's not like a It's ra- not offensive. It's not an offensive or racist. They could probably use it in an offensive way if they wanted to, but well, I didn't just, I didn't find it anyway. But yeah, some people, some people have 7-Eleven parties where you'll go to a 7-Eleven, you'll buy some drinks, you'll sit out the front, have some beers. And then move to the next 7-Eleven, get them to cook your food, buy some dim sum or move to the next 7-Eleven. Only a- if you could see my face right now. My my drawer is hitting the ground. <laughs> <laughs> they have parties at the front of a 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah. And they do like a pub crawl that yeah, we would yeah. call here a pub crawl. You do a 7-Eleven from- crawl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can crawl. do it. You can totally do it. You take your little portable stereo and you'll have a bit of music and stuff. I saw a few people do it. I never did it, but yeah, I've seen a few people doing it. That sounds like something that you need to do. Yeah, yeah. It's like going to the US and not going tailgating at a yeah, college. You doing need the barbecue, to do it. Yeah, yeah you've yeah. got to do tailgating. Yeah, so yeah, 7-Eleven's a little institution over there because they do everything. Like I said, you top up your octopus card, you can get food, all that sort of Have place. a party at the Have front. Have a party, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so handy. Like if you're on the way to uh, you know, uh, a party or, or you know, a friend's house, you're like, oh no, I should bring some wine or something. Just stop in 7-Eleven. You've got a decent selection. And you can buy gifts and all sorts of stuff. In How big is it? Our 7-Elevens are little. Yeah, these are tiny, but they got it all in there. That is something I did not know. Yeah. And would not have ever guessed. Yeah, yeah. 7-Eleven parties. Is your best friend. Yeah, 7-Eleven <laughs> is your best friend in Hong Kong. Yeah, and there's one <laughs> there's one up at the Big Buddha. Great. Um, also, Big Buddha, incidentally, while I was up there, it was where I was sitting when I found out that David Bowie had died. Oh. So I'm sitting there, when, you know, because it's Hong Kong. You get internet coverage every single place. Oh, there, do you? Where there is. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm just... 
while I'm in this monastery, I'll just check my Facebook, you know. And, <laughs> Caught you and I was like, oh my gosh, I, David Bowie's just passed away. And I'm sitting there in this, you know, monastery on top of a mountain in China. And I'm like, if I had to hear that news, that wasn't a bad place to hear that news. But it's beautiful up there. Very gorgeous. Like the Big Buddha is the Chilin Nunnery. So it's over in a place called Diamond Hill. If you like gardens, you like beautiful, peaceful, serene. And nuns. Uh, yeah, the nuns are gone now, but oh. um, oh, they might be up the back somewhere. I'm not sure. But, <laughs> tuck um, them in the back. Yeah, tuck them out the back there somewhere. But it's beautiful gardens. I have this, yeah. I have this image in my yeah. head of Sister Act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I don't think that's going on. Oh, that's no, not no. the same deal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's going to come out and start singing? No. No, no. all right. Um, and on the on the notion of Buddhas, over in uh, a place called Sha Tin, there's a place called the Thousand Buddhas. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you haven't had enough Buddhas, this is the place to go. Got a fair bit of steps. So if you if you walk if you're keen on walking, there's there's a few steps involved. Go to Sha Tin. I think Sha Tin MTR Station is close enough, and you can walk from there. But you go up these stairs, and there are these life sized golden Buddhas, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these made Buddhas. of gold. No, no, no. Just the gold. They've got their color gold. But the faces are out of control. And they're all different because there's all these different types of Buddhas. You know, there's like there's a Buddha who controls the trees and the Buddha controls the birds and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they've got, <laughs> I'm not trying to disrespect anyone's culture, but these Buddhas have got the goofiest faces you have ever seen. Do they all other. have a different face? Every Buddha has a unique face. Mm. But they're life size. They're like, our size like this buddha's like with two heads and buddha's with like you know like noses the whole size of their face mm. and then you get to the top and there is this temple and it has a thousand buddhas in it so you think you've had enough you think you've got all the buddhas on the way up and you're like wait there's another thousand buddhas and you're like holy smokes another it's really beautiful great view really gorgeous experience too how much are these do you have to pay for these experiences uh that is, I remember the, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know the price of these things off the top of my head. I should. Have but there was it. a price? Um, for the Big Buddha, um, if you want to take the Sky Rail, there's a price to do the Sky Rail. I don't ever remember it being very expensive. Thousand Buddhas was free to go to. There's a lot of free stuff. We love free stuff yeah, here. So I'm, I'm with you every yeah, step. I'm a big uh, free stuff enthusiast. Oh, speaking of free stuff, go to Repulse Bay. Okay, Repulse Bay, lovely area. There's beaches because Hong Kong has beaches. You don't know this, but Hong Kong. I did not know this. Has beaches, and you can go swimming at beautiful beaches. Are they sand beaches or are they beautiful? Rocks? Sa- beautiful sand beaches huh. on Lama Island. If you're there in summertime and you you're keen for a hike, say give it about an hour, two hours at the most for a hike. Go to Lama Island and hike to Turtle Cove. These are very Western names. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because Hong Kong was under British occupation for years and years. Oh. So the British controlled Hong Kong until 1997, I believe. Oh, not that yeah, long ago. Not so that long ago. Yeah, yeah. Or could have been a bit before that. Sorry, I don't have my facts exactly right. But yeah, the British had the occupation. So there's every there's so many Western names. And that's mm. why I feel there's such a Western influence in the place. Because it was under British control for so long. And a lot of people can speak English. Yeah, there's quite a lot of English, or you know, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So as, as I was saying, if you ever, if you if you're keen for a swim in summertime, hike over to Turtle Cove at Lama Island. It is like you've gone to a desert island. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful. This small stone cove, white sand beach, beautiful, mm-hmm. blue clean water. Makes Fantastic. me want to go there right now. Oh, my God. You know, because you're like in the dense city and all of a sudden you're in a tropical location. It's Can just... you see the smog? The thing is that Hong Kong doesn't make a lot of pollution. That pollution's coming down from China. So there is a lot of smog, but it's not com- a lot of it's not coming out of Hong Kong. It's coming from factories in more northern provinces or in mainland China. Like I said, most people don't drive. So there's not a lot of, you know, road smog mm. and stuff like that. Most people are on the MTR. Oh, yeah, I was saying go to Repulse Bay. A lot of worship of the goddess Sha Tin, who's like the goddess of the sea. And she's got like a little area of her own over in Repulse Bay. So they're very spiritual. Yeah. It's so one amazing, amazing thing about it is that it's, like I said, there's two worlds. There's the modern world and the old world. And Hong Kong lives in between those two worlds. It's so modern and so now and so ahead of its time or ahead of us. 
I don't know, it's kind of ahead of our time. Hong Kong is the 80s that the 80s wished the 80s was in the 80s but couldn't achieve because <laughs> of technological problems. So they've, 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 they've perfected the 80s, but it's in the future. But they've got this connection to the past and to their heritage and to their beliefs and everything. Like beliefs are incredible, really, really incredible. Tinhao is the goddess of the ocean. And there's this beautiful area where you can go and worship her, giant statue of her. And there's a bridge, a little, a little footbridge that you can walk over. Every time you walk over it, you get an extra three days of life. Did you just keep going? I kept going and I was like, this is great. I'm getting all this life, but there's no small print. So you might get that extra three days. And then my friend goes, what if you get shot? You've still got three days. I'm like, oh yeah, wait a minute. Doesn't, doesn't give you any, (laughs) any exact detail. You know, you might get, you might get your head cut off, but you've still got three extra days (laughs) of living without your head. And I was like, Wait a minute, can I take the three days back? I don't want the extra three days anymore. <laughs> Did you walk backwards over the bridge? Yeah, I didn't know if it cancelled it out or mm. anything. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I love those old little wise tales and yeah. myths that they have and things. It's like the the lock bridge. But now lock bridges yeah. are becoming everywhere. We even had one in Melbourne and they had yeah. to cut all the locks down because the bridge The bridge <laughs> were falling into the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bridge couldn't hold it. Yeah. But I, I mm. like the original ones, mm. not when they just try and create something. Mm. But that's mm. kind of cool. Their, their society in Hong Kong is so governed by feng shui. They are so into feng shui, it's crazy. <laughs> Sorry, I just had another <laughs> memory of something that's similar. Yeah. <laughs> It's in Verona in Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been there? No, no, never been to Verona. So they have the Romeo and Juliet. Of course. Balcony. Yeah, yeah. I've and heard the about statue this. of Juliet. Mm. And for good luck, you need to rub her boob. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone. Wait a minute. How old was she in the play? She's like a 14 year old kid. Wait a minute. And so everyone rubs her boob. Is it like a smooth spot on it? It's shiny. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so shiny. And so... Juliet's shiny bosom. And of course, it makes your wishes come true. And at the time I was there with my dad and my dad wasn't well. So I was like, I'm going to rub the boob. And so I'm doing it. I'm I'm going to rub it. it. I rubbed her boob. And then of course, we've got a photo of me (laughs) rubbing her boob, which is ridiculous. But it was funny. And people line up to rub her boob. And so she's got a very shiny boob. Shiny boobs. Yeah. And I think it's one in particular. Only one side. On the left, maybe. Lucky left. That's what I'd say. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I just had that memory of hmm, that. Yeah, there's all about luck. Luck is so integral, you know, and they've yeah. got, you know, like the Chinese um, zodiac, like, you know, you're born under a certain, like mm. I was born under the rooster and not so, uh, a couple of years ago, it was the year of the rooster. And I'm like, great, this is awesome. And they're like, oh, no, 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 when it's your year, it's very unlucky. And I'm mm. like, you're kidding me. I get a whole year of misfortune and they're like, yep. Like, what do I do? Like, well, there's a whole heap of things you can do. to Did they tell you what you can do? I know I've been told one thing that you need to do. What what do you do? Wear red knickers. Red knickers. Yeah, red's very auspicious in their culture. Red, red is good. Yeah. Yeah. So my friend said to me that when it's your year of your birth, you need to wear red undies for the whole year. And I said, well, I've got to buy a lot of red undies then. I'm going to need need at least seven. (laughs) One a day until washing day. Yeah. One amazing thing I discovered, and this goes back to the, their, you know, their their old culture that they still, you know, live in their everyday lives and is permeated into their modern day culture. I'm out on, you know, on the ferry and I'm seeing these massive skyscrapers, you know, the big buildings. And a lot of them are not like here. A lot of them are residential. So they're all just, you know, it's all people's homes and they're massive, massive, you know, 80, 90 stories tall. And some of them, big ones, have got big holes in the middle of them in the middle of the, the skyscraper. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what these big holes, like there'd be like 30, 40, maybe even a hundred units missing out of the middle, a big hole in the middle. And I'm looking at it, you know, and my logical brain's trying to figure it out. And I'm like, I think that is for typhoon season. So in the summertime, they will sometimes get typhoons. And, I th- and I'm thinking to myself, ah, oh, so you put a hole in the middle of the building, it allows the air pressure to get through. And I'm like, geez, I'm smart. I'm pretty clever. And I spoke to my mate from Hong Kong and I said, I saw the big holes in the buildings. I said, uh, is that for typhoon season? Air pressure. He's like, oh, no. I said, what are they for? He said, they're dragon holes. <laughs> and I went, you know, you, you know, you're like, you're trying to suss out if someone's pulling your leg. I'm like, 
sorry, they're what? He goes, they're dragon holes. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll play, I'll bite. What the heck is a dragon hole? He goes, oh, well, you see in Hong Kong, there are nine mountains. And on these nine mountains live a dragon on each one. And at any given time, at any time, the dragon may want to leave the mountain and fly down to the uh, to the Victoria Harbour. And if your building's in the way, <laughs> it'll get knocked over. And that's bad luck. And I'm like, okie dokie, yeah, pull it up right there. What, are you serious? He's like, yeah, deadly serious. So these dragons, when they come down from the mountain, they want to come down to um, the harbour. If your skyscraper's in the way, that is so bad luck. And it'll probably knock it down. You know, you're, you're, it's going to fall down. And I'm like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm the guaylo. Let's make a joke. And then I'm like, get home, look it up on Google, dragon holes. It's a real thing. So they are literally putting giant holes in buildings for dragons to fly through. Wow, that's so it, cool. I want to Google it and look at it, it now. It's 2018 and they've got dragon holes. Wow. Got... And are they still building buildings with dragon holes? Absolutely. Because it's good feng shui, you know. That building will be really lucky because if the dragon comes down from the mountain, it can fly straight through. No way would you do that in this country. There's no. no way. Like if you said. If I said to somebody, I love dragons, I want a pet dragon, they would think that. Yeah, yeah, you're a crazy person. Not, and like there's people just walking down the street going, yeah, dragons are real. You're like, no, they're not. Oh, yeah, they are. Look at the hole in the building. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine Australia? Like, hey, we got, we're building this giant skyscraper. We're going to put a big hole in it for the rainbow serpent to come through. And they'd be like, <laughs> I don't think so. Because that's millions of dollars, you know. That's like 20, 30, 40 apartments that you're not going to sell for a dragon to fly through. And I was like, that is so cool. Dragons are real in Hong Kong. They're real. They believe in them. I love that. And ghosts are real too. Oh, my gosh. Ghosts are very real. You've got to be careful of ghosts. They're out there. That's why um, I was there for Chinese New Year. And Chinese New Year is huge, huge, huge. All their celebrations are massive. So Chinese New Year, Western New Year, so, you know, like 1st of January and all that. Christmas, I was there for Christmas, and they love Christmas, yeah? Do they do our Christmas? Like They the... do our Christmas, but they do it 10 times bigger, yeah? Okay. So all the buildings on Hong Kong Island on the foreshore are covered in 10, so 20, 30-storey Santa Bu- Clauses. Buddhist country. Um, yeah, but there's so many cultures. They just they just embrace so many cultures. There. Embrace everything. Yeah, yeah. I love that. But it's, it's not like the religious aspect uh, of... Christmas, it's Christmas. They love the Christmasness of Christmas. They love the Christmas trees. They love Santa. They love reindeers. They love all that stuff that comes along with it, with it. And they put it all in their buildings, big light shows on their buildings. It's amazing. Mm. Speaking of light shows on the buildings, they have a light show every single night of the year. On Hong Kong Island, you go over to Kowloon side and you look at Hong Kong Island at 8 o'clock every night, about maybe... Half a dozen to eight or nine, maybe ten buildings are synced up to music and light up with a little light show for about 15 minutes. Whole skyscrapers, a whole half a city is like, and the music plays and you you watch the whole city do a light dance. Is it the same? With lasers. (laughs) Lasers. Yeah, they've perfected the 80s. They've got buildings with giant lasers firing off them for no reason, just for entertainment. Is it the same song every night? Same song every night. Mm. So you go over there and you So can... you just need to watch it once. Yeah, yeah. Get on the Star Ferry. Go over to Kowloon side, Jim Sao Choi, and there's an area where you can stand and watch the city light up light and up. do a light dance. Wow. Like whole buildings are involved in this, all synced up to music. That's just every night in Hong Kong. Every night. Yeah. And can you hear you can hear the music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got it blasting out, not all over the city, but just in this one viewing area. So it's all all hooked up. Giant lasers. I couldn't get over. I'm like, what? It's amazing. I still can't get over the dragon holes. Yeah, huge dragon holes. Like Chinese New Year's, firecrackers. Firecrackers, because we've got to scare them ghosts. Oh, is that why they do it? Yeah, yeah. To scare the ghosts. Because around Chinese New Year, there's more ghosts. They're all the ghosts coming out. Like the ghosts are like, ha, 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 I'm going to do some haunting. And you're like, no, you're not. I'm going to light some firecrackers. And the ghosts are like, boo, bang. And they get out of there. Like they scoot out of there because the firecrackers are very scary for ghosts. Okay. Got to get out of there. That's so interesting. They have a remarkable connection to death. Mm. Like it's not something that... It's a different connection than, say, the Mexicans have where yeah. they really kind of 
celebrate the death but in a different way. Mm, mm. Yeah, they're just so aware of death. They're not, it's part of their life. If someone dies, they're not gone. You know, their spirit is there. But then they try and get firecrackers to get rid of this? Because there's, there's good ghosts and bad ghosts, right? Oh, so you've got to yeah. be mindful. Yeah, you, you don't want to upset the bad ones and you want to make sure the good ones are always happy. So that's why you'll see in shops and houses on the street little tiny houses that are built to give offerings to the ghosts and the spirits. What do you mean little tiny houses? So tiny little houses, little little tiny temples. They like look like temples because there are on the streets everywhere in the city temples that you can go and pray at. There's miniature ones everywhere. So you will ha- if you have a shop, you will have a miniature temple because you want to make sure that the ghosts, the spirits, everyone's happy. Yeah, and you put offerings in this temple, like food, so oranges, special incense, all sorts of things. What you was know, the most common food that you saw in there? You see a lot of the oranges. So oranges. Why, why oranges? Did I you find know. out I why? I didn't know what the orange was, but in Chinese New Year, they up the ante because they got to make sure those ghosts are really happy. So you'll see whole cooked ducks in these little houses. Bring them in, all wrapped up, put in there piling up with food and stuff. How long do they keep them in there for? I, uh, I'm no, just thinking no, of they'll the come back at the end of the, They'll come back at the end of the day, put a new one in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they don't, don't let them to... go rotten in there. No, you don't want to because upset the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I laugh, but it's so amazing. They're so dedicated to it. But, you know, they're living in for this. For them, this is, this is yeah, really Yeah, that's the important. way it is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the ghosts are like, Wah. bang, bang, bang. Oh. <laughs> they scare them off. That's what I loved. I'm like, yeah, we're scaring off ghosts here. This is amazing. <laughs> We're keeping the ghosts happy, and they'll bury when, uh, this, when you when you die. This is things I would never have thought of. It's really good. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, and there's there's the connection with that. That they'll be you know not in the city because it's so dense. But when you get out, say where I was on Lama Island, there are graves on the side of the road, but really ornate, beautiful graves. You know, of someone well respected in the community. What They're do you gra- mean by graves? Like a headstone? Headstone with a full like cement like a monument to that person. Oh. Yeah. So it's not hidden away. It's not all tucked away in a cemetery, for example. Where I lived, the little tiny apartment that I lived in, in sort of almost in the forest there, there was a grave outside my door. That was freaky. I was like, uh, what's this little monument? And they were like, oh, it's a grave. I'm like, no, 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 what is it? They're like, it's a grave. Of- so someone's buried there. Someone was buried at my door, at my front door. So I go out and it's right there. I look at the kitchen window. I'm like, there's a grave. <laughs> Now look, I'm I'm a pretty skeptical person, yeah, and I'm not very superstitious. But <laughs> there's always a but. When I first got there, right, you know, we got on Alama Island, caught the ferry over, walk up to the place, and the whole grave. I'm like, that's a grave, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got over that. I'm like, cool, all right. There's someone buried there. That's okay. And that night, first night I was in Hong Kong, I had this intense nightmare of uh this like a banshee like floating over me like ah, get out and i'm like whoa and it's like woke up in a sweat i was like whoa that was such an awful vivid nightmare next morning <laughs> next morning i talked to my buddy who was coming with me i said man i had this nightmare about this ghost he goes was it like a woman like floating over you screaming at you? i'm like yes and, I, and he says i had the dream too i'm like oh don't tell me that that's too much and I'm like, do you think it's to do with that grave? He's like, I don't know. So we're like looking up, what do we do? And we're like, get some incense. Okay, got to get the incense. So that day, we, you know, after we worked, we came back, we bought incense and we went to the grave and we put the incense and we're like, cool, that's good. And the next night, same dream. And I'm like, whoa. And I woke up and he's like, yeah, I had freaky dreams. I'm like, my God. We went down to the local shop. Um, on Lama Island and I was talking to the guy behind the counter. I said, oh man, this crazy thing is a grave, whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, did you get some incense? I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, what incense did you get? I said, oh, just this normal stuff. He goes, oh no, 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 no. You got to get ghost incense. Does it have a special name? I can't remember the name, but it's like they got so much different sorts of incense. You know, he goes, use this one. He sold it to me. I'm like, okay. So if you're having bad dreams, yeah. <laughs> go and ask for the special ghost get incense. The ghost incense. There's so much of the right incense you got to get. So I got it. We did the we did this little ceremony. No more dreams. Really? Call me crazy. I don't know. That happened. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so ghost incense. Ghost, so my, dragons are real and ghosts are real. Just remember that when you go to Hong Kong. Okay, so I've heard that you have a secret. Can you tell me a secret about Hong Hong Kong? Hong Kong? (laughs) 
Ah, see. Oh, now you want to know about you want to know about where Hong Kong came from? Hongong. So that's Hongong. So that's where the word Hong Kong comes from. Is from the word Hongong, um, which is what the what people in Hong Kong will say. You'll hear that. You'll hear people say Hongong, and you're like, oh, what's that? And Hongong is um, fragrant harbor. Oh. So because it's built on the Victoria Harbor. That's where that the word Hong Kong comes from. This Hongong, this fragrant harbor, and they're like, they're not as in, it smells nice. As in, yeah. Back in the day, they um, all their incense factories were on the um, right on the harbor there, so that might have been it. Or the Pearl River flows into Victoria Harbor, and it was supposed to be really sweet water, really, really nice smelling water. Smelling water, who knows? But yeah, that's where Hong Kong comes Hong from. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. And so you got a secret. Tell yeah, me, yeah. I love so, secrets. So you want to go out. You want to go out in Hong Kong. Yes, yeah. I do. We're, we're, I love going out in Hong time. Kong. We want to go out. Yep. Um, I'm already. I'm dressed up. So Actually, this, how dressed up do you get to you go out? You don't have to get dressed up at all. No. Kind of casual. Or, or you, or you can. That's the thing about Hong Kong. It's one or the other. It's either everything or nothing. So you, there's no in between. So you wouldn't go out in tracksuit pants. You totally could. You could go out to a bar in tracksuit pants. Or you go out in your in your fines as well, and both are pretty acceptable. But then you get to you know there's or like anywhere you go, uh, you're not going to get in with thongs here, rah rah rah. But flip flops, flip flops, you know, get your, <laughs> not got your flip flops on. Yes, um, Troy often goes out in a g-string. Though. Uh, whoa, <laughs> that's uh, for the after hours podcast. Yeah, so you're going out, but yeah, put your put your jeans on, put your cool sneakers on. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are into fashion in Hong Kong, so you know if you if you put a bit of effort in, it'll be appreciated. But yeah, you want to go out, so you're on you're on the town. You want to go out for a beverage. I'm ready. Tell me yeah. where are we going? Okay, and you're not. But it's good, a secret. Can you tell se- me? Yeah, I'm gonna tell. tell you, I'm gonna tell you because there's rooftop bars, right? Oh, I love rooftop yeah, bars. Yeah, but there's one that I found, and it's not on the map. All right. You want to go to Causeway Bay. Causeway Bay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to be pretty sneaky, okay? Okay, I'm sneaky. So you'll go to Causeway Bay and you want to go to the Excelsior Hotel. Even if you're not staying at the Excelsior, what you're going to do is want to walk in like you are staying at the Excelsior. Like I own it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I can do that. So this is why it's a secret. This is why it's a secret because you just can't, it's not just off, it's off the beaten track. So go to the Excelsior and they've got a restaurant restaurant bar in the hotel obviously now you want to go to that bar you want to get into that elevator find whatever number it is and you want to go up it's pretty high up it's one of the higher levels of the building you'll get up there you'll come out into the restaurant and you'll make your way to the bar and you'll get yourself a lovely beverage and go out onto the deck and it is one of the most beautiful views up looking up hong kong island that you'll get Mm. absolutely worth it but you need to be a little sneaky because it's not there for the people. It's usually there for the people staying at the Excelsior. Oh, yeah. so you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, they're not going to stop you, you know what I mean? Because you're there if you're going to buy a drink. You okay, know, or so something you want to wanna dress up so a little bit yeah, so you well, kind of look like you belong. Yeah, and you want to feel nice because you are on top of the world. You've got a beautiful view looking up. You can see the art center. You can see the um, International Commerce Building. You can see the peak. You can see Kowloon side. And it's just perfect. And the times I went there, it's usually not very busy. It's not super packed. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a lot of rooftop bars and there's heaps of people because they know about the rooftop bar. But this one, you can almost be there by yourself. Did you have your backstory prepared in case someone came and spoke to you? And what room are you in, sir? Uh, I I was just going (laughs) to (laughs) run. You didn't have... uh, 106, actually. Yep, that's Yeah, yeah, room... uh, They'll be like, I'm afraid not. Um... (laughs) But yeah, go, go at night. Mr. Smith. Yeah, do an evening because you'll see the lights of Hong Kong and it's absolutely gorgeous, yeah. So that's my that's my secret recommendation. The Excelsior Hotel, Causeway Bay, go up to the restaurant bar. Act like you own it. Act like you own it. Just you belong. Confidence and you will be rewarded with a beautiful view. I of, love secrets. Of Hong Kong. Yes, embody the character. Yeah, yeah be the character. Be, be James Bond. Oh, if you want to be James Bond, go over to Kowloon side and go to the Peninsula Hotel. That's where they shot scenes from The Golden Gun with um, Roger Moore for 007. Ooh. Yeah, so that was back in the day. Bit of, bit of movie trivia for you. I like that. Yeah. Very good. But yeah, go to Hong Kong. It's awesome. Yeah, That's any other, other tips and tricks? Um, I like your what, tips and tricks. Let, oh, uh, me tips and tricks. Yeah, oh, so the Excelsior, it's called the Dickens Bar, by the way. That did, I just reminded myself. The Dickens Bar is the one at the top? Is the one at the top, yeah. So if you see a little sign that says the Dickens Bar, 
you're on the right track. Hong Kong also has the highest bar in the world because mm. um, their, their buildings are tall, yeah. They've got the ozone bar. You have to take two elevators to get there. Mm. That's how tall it is. So it's on Kowloon side. Do your ears pop when you're going yeah, up? Yeah, i got the ears pop. So Kowloon like side, uh, it's the tallest building on Kowloon side. You can't miss it. Get there, go to the ozone bar. It's the highest bar. Is it enclosed? Yep. Uh, there's an outdoor area you mm. can go to and go, Bleh. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you know me well. <laughs> but, you know, we're talking 360. Uninterrupted 360 degree views of Hong Kong. Yeah. It's beautiful. Definitely recommend that. That's Do you have good... to pay to get up there or just uh, no, drinks up, up there? Yeah. Not necessarily cheap, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think you kind of expect that. If you're going yeah. to go somewhere with a view, you're going to pay a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, a bit more for a drink. I would probably go to the Excelsior, the Dickens Bar, over that. The Ozone, bit commercial. Yeah, but, a lot of tourists. Yeah, definitely tourists. And anyone who goes to Hong Kong will tell you go to the peak. So there's a there's a big mountain behind um, Hong Kong. On Hong oh, Kong I, I was in bar mode. I'm thinking another bar, the no, peak. That's a cool oh, name. But it's Hong Kong, so don't worry. There's a shopping center up there, and a Seven Eleven. Probably two. <laughs> and bars and everything. Are people doing a Seven Eleven crawl. Yeah, yeah, no doubt they've made it to the peak. Um, everywhere you can get up a mountain in Hong Kong, they've got an interesting way to do it. Like I said, on Lantau Big Buddha, you've got the sky rail, the peak. In on Hong Kong Island, you've got the tramway. So it's this really unique old tramway, big tourist attraction. So it's very touristy. You might do a bit of lining up for that, depending on what time of the day you go. But it's one of these trams and it goes almost vertical at times. So the seats are angled so that they can sit, they go, you go back and you lean back and you're sort of sitting straight all of a sudden. Um, it's, that does not do things for my stomach. <laughs> that I want. It's, it's touristy, but worth doing, I reckon. Just once, you know, you're there, just tick it off. You know, you go, mm-hmm. yeah, went to the peak, did the tram. Beautiful. Went to 7-Eleven, got a drink. Grab a drink at the 7-Eleven, <laughs> drink it anywhere you like. Worth doing. Beautiful views of Hong Kong. Do it in the day, do it in the night. You're going to be rewarded going up there. You're going to see, because you're from Hong Kong Island, looking over to Kowloon side. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. These no worries. Been amazing tips. And I hope that all my listeners that are planning to go to Hong Kong follow these because I think you've got some really cool things to do. And I really enjoyed listening and talking with you today. Thank you. Go to Hong Kong. Go and explore. Yeah, yeah it makes yeah. me want to book a ticket and go right yeah. now. If you can get a few days, a week even, yeah, get around it. Get around you think it. a week is enough? You could do a bit in a week, yeah, for sure. You know, if you've got every day out to go out and go do something. Food, you're worried about food, don't worry about food. You can get absolutely anything. Oh, yeah. really? Absolutely anything you want. It's so international. There's no food you can't get. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So if you're a food traveler, recommend it. They have different meals, right? And they have breakfast is dim sum. So you have like these, like... Um, hold on, hold on. Breakfast is dim sum? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sunday breakfast. You see all the oldies out there going early to their dim sum breakfast and they get their dim sum in the morning, their hot soup and their dim sum. And, oh, my God, I did it more often than not and it was fantastic. Mm. It's great. You go, well, that's what they do here, so I'm going to get on board. That's right. Join the locals. Oh, that's amazing. Now, Troy, as I said earlier, is an amazing actor and you also have a production company. I do. Yeah, yeah. You can look at thecamarella.com and you can see some of our stuff on there, YouTube. Camarella, I don't know if you can put a link in here or something. Um, Could you please put a link in here? Link it to me. I sure can. Yeah. It's brilliant stuff. I love it. It it goes viral. Everyone has a good giggle. And if you want to know which one Troy is, Troy, which one are you? Uh, The ugly one. (laughs) 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 Every time you can spot me a mile away. (laughs) Don't be uh, fooled by my dulcet tones. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It, it'll give you a giggle. Yeah, we're, kinda, out, we're out to make a laugh. We're out to have, give people a laugh. Yeah, and it links back into something that Troy was saying earlier about going to Hong Kong and doing shows and where the show started, which was basically back in caveman time. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty much what you do. Let's go back in time, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's get rid of everything and let's peel it back. Yeah, it's great stuff. So go check it out. I'll add the link to the description. And uh, yeah, when you've checked out the link, then go and buy a ticket to Hong Kong. You won't regret it.
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Troy. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I hope everyone got something out of this like I did that there's holes in buildings for dragons. Dragons are real in Hong Kong. Thanks for making me a stepper. I'm so happy to be a stepper. Thank you. Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.